0: Hello everybody, welcome back. It's been a hot minute since we've recorded a podcast episode. Uh, pretty much, I think the last one was right before the start of the season. But we're here now, regular season has come to an end, and it is I, Aaron, joined with our inaugural champion. Uh, since then, Bottom Dweller, unfortunately, we got Jason with us. How are we doing today?
1: Thanks for having me on. I figured since I haven't contributed to the playoffs in any meaningful way in a couple of seasons, I could at least talk about them as an outsider.
0: Absolutely. So, figure we would uh, hop on, uh, this is kind of a you know recap of what happened this season and you know from there looking towards the playoffs and kind of giving our thoughts as to, you know, what do we think of the teams that made it, who we think is going to have the best shot, all that kind of fun stuff. Um I think before we get to the playoff teams though, I do think we should have a bit of a, you know, a swan song for the the five teams that did not make it. Those would be the spiders, the sharks, the Grovers, the High Tide, and the Wendigos. Uh, as the representative for the non-playoff teams, Jason, do you have any any thoughts on that group of five? Anybody you were surprised to see not make the playoffs? Anything of that nature? I mean, as far as surprises,
1: yeah. The uh, going into the season, I uh, definitely thought the Grovers and High Tide would have a decent chance of making the playoffs. Uh, not too surprised about my team. The sharks or Wendigos, I think we were all pretty uh, transparent with the fact that we were going to be playing each other for uh, Bijan. <laughs> um, but yeah, the the Grovers have been pretty consistent the last couple of years, so they've uh, I think started to age out a bit here. So might have to start looking at uh, some turnover. And uh, I know uh, the high tide had a a bit of a rough end of the season as well, so. Same for them,
0: yeah, I definitely think i we can all agree that it was a surprise to see the Grovers miss the playoffs for the first time in league history. They've uh pretty much always been a top tier contender i I think they've made the finals two of the three seasons, and they did of course win last season. um, they've definitely been a strong contender, but, like you said, I think with pieces like Ezekiel elliott uh he traded Austin Eckler, uh, yeah. up with the injury. It's definitely a team that I think and he also knows that he has to look towards the future, which is why he did make that trade uh, a while back for Najee and Javante Williams, which I I think will work out nicely for him, assuming that Javante comes back to you know full form health wise.
1: But as long as he doesn't turn into Cam Akers, I like that trade <laughs> for for him.
0: Oh, that is true. Gotta gotta watch out for those uh those lower body injuries. It was an ACL tear though, uh, where Cam Akers had the Achilles. So I'm hopeful Javante will come back to form. If he does or if he doesn't, then I can feel good about trading him, but yeah to those five teams, you know, good luck as you head into the off season, I think you just kind of maybe allude to who the one one's gonna be long way to go towards the uh the off season though, or you know towards the draft we're looking at you know probably May, so maybe a lot changes by then. who knows
1: always open to offers as well
0: of course <laughs> there's there's no fun without making trades. you actually you traded the number one pick last season if I recall I did, so. If the you're clams. looking for, for Bijan, I mean, this could be your opportunity. But yeah, I think that is about all we need to discuss with the the non-playoff teams as we are looking towards the playoffs. Um, just to recap kind of what we're looking at in terms of the bracket, it is a 17-playoff bracket with myself, the one seed, earning the first round bye. Or I had a game up on Hunter, and I had the head-to-head tiebreaker on Joey, so I earned the one seed. Uh, you're Seeds going from there, you have the number two clams, the number three Chesapeake Retrievers, those are your three division winners, uh, your three wild card teams based on standings, you've got the wildfire at four, the magicians at five, who really had a strong, I want to say they were one and four, and then they surged to go eight and five and take over a pretty convincing five spot. Uh, those are your Upper tier teams in terms of the playoff race, but uh, coming in at the six and seven spot, you've got the Denver Duckies, and your seventh seed coming in based on points scored, not head to head record, is the Omaha Hawks. So, not that anybody was expecting to see three teams from the central division making the playoffs, but here we are. That is your seven team playoff pool, and in terms of playoff matchups, you've got The number two clams taking on this number seven hawks, the number four wildfire taking on the number five magicians. That should be a pretty big matchup, and then the number three retrievers taking on the number six duckies. So, looking at this pool, I don't know if there's a particular matchup you want to talk about first, or if there's like a specific team that's catching your eye. I will uh defer to you here.
1: Well, I was gonna say, I haven't, I didn't even uh notice that, yeah, there's three teams from the central that considering where they've been in recent history that is uh that is impressive on them i did not expect that
0: um for all of us on that one
1: <laughs> as far as which matchup uh do you want to briefly go um you just want to go like top to bottom from the highest seed first i guess yeah, like that, do uh, you want to, that for me? do you want to talk about your team as the buyer do you want to wait till the end for for you
0: I mean, we can talk about my team, I guess. Um, Obviously, the the Paladins had a pretty pretty good season overall. I believe they they barely lost by half of half a point to the Grovers in Week Four, and then from there, their only losses were in the middle of the season to the Retrievers and then to the Magicians. Had a bit of down weeks those weeks, Um, but it's a pretty strong roster at this point. Uh, I think I can speak and. Say that I don't think that there's a super strong weakness at this point, you know, especially on the offensive side, pretty loaded at every spot. Uh, the defense is definitely the weaker of the two, but there are still pretty good players at every level. Hopefully, some injury concerns in the linebacking core can maybe fix themselves. And if that does happen, I feel pretty good about my roster shot.
1: Yeah. I mean, offensively, especially, like you said, you're. <laughs> the paladins are pretty loaded. Uh, you've got three, I think, top ten running backs uh, so far this year. The number two quarterback, and then two top ten receivers. So, and then and obviously Mark Andrews. So, a good amount of depth as well at running back and wide receiver. Um, it's gonna be. I think you're riding the longest win streak currently as well. So, it will be a difficult task for whoever does have to face you in the next round.
0: Yeah, absolutely. But can't look too far too far into the future, as you know, these six playoff teams do have to make it through their current matchup in order to even have the opportunity to face me in the playoffs. Uh, with that said, I guess we can just go into the first matchup, being the uh, you know two seed versus seven seed. We got the Clams and the Hawks. Uh, I guess I'll start off and just kind of talk about the Clams super briefly. Uh, you know, looking at their season, uh, started out with a pretty Strong win loss. looks like they were uh five and one, six and one. I mean, they actually look at this, they were seven and one over the first eight weeks of the season and then kinda struggle. I mean, if you want to call three into two a struggle, um you know, they had a two game loss streak there before closing out on a three game win streak. So overall they've had a pretty pretty good season, you know, same win loss as myself, just they happen to have that tiebreaker loss head to head looking at their roster. Obviously, it's also very loaded in terms of talent. you got Kyler Murray, Jonathan Taylor, Christian McCaffrey, DeAndre Swift, although Swift has really not been that great for fantasy this year. Unfortunately, Jamal Williams has ruined his fantasy value. Just imagine what DeAndre Swift could be doing if he was getting even a quarter of the one-yard rushing touchdowns Jamal Williams has.
1: Yeah, he has had a lot of touchdowns (laughs) stolen from him.
0: He's still been pretty decent, but definitely could have been you know having a better season uh receivers again pretty pretty strong tyree kill has blown up with the dolphins which personally i'm super surprised that that happened i didn't think that tua was gonna work at all with tyree kill but clearly they know more than i do about that um i think outside of uh tyree kill it's where there's a little bit of a drop off at receiver i know aj brown it says he has a lot of points but He has, I think that's a very, you know, a couple of huge games there. You know, he had 20.5 week one, 36 points week eight, and 28 week 13. And then there's a lot of, you know, sub five point games in there. So I I think his point total is not super indicative of how he's done this season. Um, And then it's a relatively decent defensive side of the ball. I don't see any extreme standouts outside of maybe Jordan Hicks, who's had a good year for the Vikings. But definitely, uh, this is still you know, a pretty competitive roster, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, uh, like you said, uh, wide receiver. Uh, A.J. Brown can definitely be. Sometimes Devonta Smith gets some of the love there, uh, depending on the week. And sometimes Hertz just decides to run it himself all the time. So he can fluctuate a bit uh, overall. Um, yeah, Tyreek Hill has been absolutely insane, though. He has got, obviously, a few weeks ago, got Watt back, so he missed uh, TJ Watt. He, him coming back, uh, if he can heat up for him, that could help a bit on the defensive side. But yeah, he. What I think the only reason that he missed out on the one seed, like he was saying, was that stat correction that happened uh, week nine. Uh, otherwise, he would have had a one game. I know you had a game that was about a half a point difference as well, but that stat correction uh, cost him the bar there. So definitely another solid squad there. You want me to break down the Hawks?
0: <clears throat> yeah, I think you can go ahead and talk about the, uh, what I, I think everyone will probably say is the, the surprise uh, playoff entry here, the Omaha Hawks.
2: Yeah,
1: I uh, I was proven wrong. I I didn't think that uh, he would be able to come into the playoffs. Honestly, I thought I was going to be fighting with him for the, the one seed, looking at that roster <laughs> construction. And early on in the season, I think uh, – it it was looking like it was gonna go that way. He started 0-5, no, 0-6. Yeah, he started 0-6, and, 6, uh, and uh, did not. And it looked like uh, looked like his first was gonna end up being one oh one. but he had a a pretty strong finish to the season. Um, for yeah, finishing 5-2, I think that is. So finished finished at 5-8, and, and thanks to some really high scoring weeks, he was able to to squeak in there. Um, it's going to be a tough battle for him to advance any further. <laughs> uh, going up against a pretty solid squad. Um, he does have Patrick Mahomes, who can go off at any time, so that, that's good at quarterback. But when you start looking at, at the rest of the roster, his he's going to need a lot of help from guys who you <laughs> don't know that you necessarily want to be counting on at playoff time. James Conner is probably his Best running back there. Aside from that, uh with Raheem Mostert and Gus Edwards, um oh, Aaron, Aaron Jones actually is on the bye here, so I, I missed him there. So Aaron Jones would would definitely be uh, another option there. But then you look at the receivers, and he's got DeAndre Hopkins, who has definitely had a strong uh, showing here after missing the first six weeks of the season. But after that, Julio Jones, Kendrick Bourne, A.J. Green shell uh not not really a lot of points that you're expecting from there so he's made it here to the playoffs though anything can happen he does have uh tj hawkinson and a quarterback running back tight end wide receiver Taysom hill so maybe the saints decide to try to use him use him a bit more and he can he can have a blow up game and and surprise somebody but on the defensive side some solid defensive linemen uh aaron jones or sorry aaron donald Grady Jarrett but uh, Patrick Queen has had a really strong year but otherwise not not too much to talk about there it's it's going to be a a difficult difficult game for the Hawks here
0: yeah I think for the Hawks and this has been pretty much their theme their entire existence in the league Uh, this is a team that has been built with assets being spent on the defensive side of the ball And I think if you're looking at this team, that's where this win is going to have to come. As on offense, with him having to start three receivers, he's going to have to start one of Julio or A.J. Green. I think are realistically his only options there. Just Kendrick Bourne and Callaway aren't getting enough playing time. Uh, He's likely going to start Jones, Connor, and I would guess Raheem Moser to go along with uh, T.J. Hawkinson. I would assume those are going to be how he shakes up his flex options. Um, But on defense, he does have a lot of guys who... The name value is not necessarily there, but guys like Josie Jewell has been super good, um, especially, I believe, in the second half of the season. Really, actually, looking at this, most of his games are highly productive, and I believe he's the this lone um, three-down linebacker at this point in Denver. Uh, Dre Greenlaw, who was kind of a, in my mind, was a bit of a throw-in piece in a trade that me and him made prior to the season. He's been really good for, uh, for Ryan. Patrick Queen, again, maybe not the best in real life player but in terms of fantasy he's been balling out um and then he's got a lot of high scoring secondary players which not every team in the playoffs can say that so i definitely think it it would be an upset if he manages to beat the clams but it was an upset for him to make it to the playoffs so i think like you said he's been 5 and 2 since the midway point of the season so can't count out the omaha hawks especially if patrick mahomes he's got some really good matchups if he can make it past Joey with the Texans and the Seahawks. The The Denver Broncos secondary is pretty good, so it might not be the best matchup against Joey. But you never know.
1: Yeah, definitely, like you said, we'll have to be through some of those defenders there <laughs> for that upset possibility.
0: Going on from that, I think we can just drop down to the three-inch, or we'll, we'll go with the four and five. So we'll talk about the... Two wildcard teams going head to head: the Phoenix Wild or Los Angeles Wildfire going up against the uh, Metropolis Magicians. I'm still calling them the Phoenix Wildfire. You know, three seasons after he changed the name, uh, <laughs> this could be a disastrous matchup. We'll have to wait and see. It really comes down to Desmond Ritter. We'll start with the Wildfire. Uh, Cole was just simply in shambles when he noticed that Matthew Stafford and Lamar Jackson were going to be out. And Jameis Winston was, for whatever reason, benched in favor of Andy Dalton. Uh, and with us going past the trade deadline and with Cole having zero fab dollars, left Cole with zero ability to acquire a quarterback. And had he, that been the case, and you know he lost in the playoffs due to not having a quarterback, we simply may have never seen Cole again. He may have uh, wiped himself from existence, I think. But luckily for him, your boy Marcus Mariota has been benched as they look towards the future with Desmond Ritter. I still don't know how much production he's going to get out of him as a bit of a project quarterback and a not great offense, but at least for Cole, he can say that he has a starting quarterback.
1: It is a body. That that situation there is is definitely the main thing to watch in this matchup because if Ritter this week comes out and looks like Willis in some of his starts, Wildfire are probably going to be in some trouble, especially as I think I read earlier today that Jackson is expected to miss this week and next week. So it's very unlikely that he has Lamar um, for that. And so, yeah, he'll I'm sure he'll be watching that Falcons game and praying that, that Ritter looks like half a, a half-decent quarterback, at least. I would say yeah, this matchup in general would probably be the one that I would say, I, depending on how that quarterback situation goes, is going to be the most interesting because the Magicians have been on fire since, like you said, the about week six. He had a really rough start. <clears throat> I actually traded him Damian Pierce early on, uh, right near the tail end of that, because I was hoping that, even though he was scoring a lot of points, I was hoping that, luck, Against him continued, and maybe I could scrape out a a higher first for for Pierce in that trade. But he, uh, he definitely bounced back, and and has been. I think he ended up scoring the most points in the league this year. So he he has been, has been on fire since early on. And then the wildfire. Cole has has always had a pretty solid team, um, and he's had a pretty consistent year. But, um, but yeah, that quarterback matchup could could end up being. Very difficult for him to overcome, so we'll definitely have to see how Ritter does,
0: yeah, I think for the wildfire, this has always been a regular season darling type of team. They've always been out of the one or the two seed. this is the first time they I believe they haven't been a top two seed uh, in the playoffs. They're always a really strong team, but then just they get to the playoffs, and sometimes it's their fault. Sometimes they go against uh, T. Higgins putting up fifty four points or whatever it was last season. Uh, either way, Cole has never quite won the championship. I believe he made it in season two, uh, where he lost to the Magicians, if my memory serves correct. So maybe that's this is right. a bit of a revenge arc for for Cole. He's got a strong roster: Kamara, Henry. Uh, Outside of that, a running back, looking a little shaky. He's gonna have to win with the help of his receivers and his extremely strong linebacking core. Whereas looking at the Magicians, I think there's. One person and one person alone that Devin can thank for getting him here to the playoffs. And that is Josh Jacobs. I mean, this guy has scored more than I would dare say like most quarterbacks. Like I don't have the, the number in front of me, but he has to be among the top 10 scorers in the league. Let me actually pull this up. He is the number five player, not, you know, even including quarterbacks. He's only wow. scored less than... Mahomes, Hurts, Josh Allen, and Joe Burrow. Like this guy has been a monster this season, and frankly, I think everyone is just shocked about that because there was a lot of hype for Zamir White heading into the season, and just people were kind of over Josh Jacobs. But kudos well, yeah, to
1: them. Yeah, they didn't pick up his his uh option, and and they drafted Zamir, and I, I thought he, I thought he was going to lose his job after a few weeks, but made me
0: crow there. Yeah. Another strong roster with a pretty well-rounded defense. Uh, looking at the linebacker core of Foy- Foye Aluokun, Fred Warner, Cody Barton. That year, Franklin's been really, really good. Secondary's pretty strong all around. So this team caught fire at the right time and, in my mind, would be the favorite of the two here, especially just given the fact that Desmond Mitter might just actually come out and put up negative points. <laughs>
1: I think I would lean. Uh, I was looking at these earlier, and yeah, I think I think I would lean Magicians, uh, especially just with that that question at quarterback. Otherwise, um, aside from quarterback, the the rosters are close enough that I think it would be a good matchup. But if you know, if uh, the Magicians are able to get a good amount of points from whether it's Gino or Dak, I haven't looked at the matchups actually for that week. So whoever. He, thinks is going to be the better quarterback there versus versus Ritter I think that is definitely looking like it could be the difference maker in such a close that closely set matchup
0: absolutely I agree with you and think that that is going to be the matchup to watch this week I think it's going to be the most up in the air and it's the one that I'm the most interested to see how it plays out but that's not to uh, downplay our final matchup of the week which is going to be our our central division rivalry between the Chesapeake Retrievers and the Denver Duckies uh, I think looking at the retrievers first, they had a pretty hot start. I believe it was three and one before they, or no, four and one. Excuse me. From there, it looks like they, I mean, if you want to call five and three, you know, a bit of a slower second half to the season. Uh, they still had an overall very strong year, and I do think that part of that is attributed to the division they play in. But that's not to uh, undersell what Hunter has done. Is he actually has the second most or third most? uh scored points in the league uh just barely getting beaten out by the clams there it's an overall really good roster Jalen Hurts has absolutely burst onto the scene and I think at the time when he made that draft pick I think Hurts was just meant to be like an insurance policy for uh I can't remember who his quarterback was at the time because he didn't have Trevor Lawrence he I think took Hurts as like a fourth or fifth round flyer and that pick has paid absolutely huge and what's odd about this team is I've always been looking at this roster as a team that was really well set up for the future, but they now find themselves in a really good spot to potentially win it all this year, um, especially with guys like Christian Watson blowing up, kind of out of nowhere. Uh, Rashad White is getting a ton of target, you know, a ton of touches here in the second half of the season. Miles Sanders having a career year. Tony Pollard having a career year. Um, this is another pretty strong roster, in my opinion, and is definitely, uh, maybe a little bit weaker on the defensive side of the ball than some other rosters that are in the playoffs, but I mean, that's no knock, just a lot of teams have quality defensive players. Um, I think this is, uh, another pretty strong contender in my mind. I definitely agree. Yeah. He's,
1: uh, on the defense there, he's got some solid linebackers, uh, Parsons, uh, Raquan Smith and CJ Mosley. Um. Even Louvu and um, Matt Milano have been pretty solid, but his defensive line is definitely a bit weaker than some of the other teams and uh, as well as as his DVs. um, Brisker has been really good for him. I know you're you're a big Brisker fan yourself.
0: I absolutely am a huge Brisker fan. And I think that it's a shame that he's not getting enough talk for defensive player of the year. You know, I I know that based on stats, he shouldn't win the award is guys like uh, Tariq Woolen and, Sauce have you know maybe more impressive stats, but I mean, brisker has just been a dominant safety in my opinion, so I think that that was a huge uh, i believe he actually acquired him in a trade with uh with the high tide before the start of the season, so definitely a great young safety to build around there,
1: yeah, it was definitely a good move, and then yeah his he he has a very young but solid roster i I was also in the same camp that maybe maybe some, one of those teams that missed the playoffs that was kind of on the fence. I thought they would maybe make it in over uh, the Retrievers here, but um, he's put together a solid roster that could, should be able to compete for for a good bit of time, so it could be scary to see how he goes in the future, but he, even this year, I uh, don't think he's shown the season he, he can beat anybody, but uh, first he'll have to get past the Duckies, who, let's see, the Duckies here had a pretty... They had a little bit of a rough stretch. They actually had a really good start. They were four, 5-2 and two to start the season, and then they had a four-game losing streak uh, somewhere kind of in the middle. But they they finished off strong to solidify their playoff spot with a couple wins in Week 12 and 13. Um, looking at the roster here, um, a bit of a probably surprise to him that Russell Wilson has been... One of the worst quarterbacks in the year I'm, I'm assuming going into the season, he was planning on being able to count on, on Wilson to be a top 10 type quarterback, if not a bit higher. Um, so he's had to had to ride Derek Carr a bit there more than I'm sure he was hoping he'd have to. Um, Barkley has been a revelation again this year, though. He's looked like the player that everybody thought he would be uh, coming back from all those injuries that he's had and and struggled a bit on the pretty poor Giants offense over the last couple seasons, but he's come back with a vengeance and, and had a very, very solid season. Jamal Williams, like you said, has uh, been a touchdown machine. <laughs> uh, the Lions are very good at getting to the one-yard line, and he's very good at finishing it off with that last yard. So if they can keep that up, he's he's good for almost a touchdown a game minimum. So uh, he's had some good production there. Um. After that, not a ton at running back. Uh, he might might look at some of his receivers as far as the other ones to start. Um, the other kind of flex spots, quote unquote, that we have. Obviously, he's got the number one scoring receiver in the league in Justin Jefferson, who has continued to show that he's just absolutely insane uh, with his pace of just under 18 points a game. <laughs> um, Amon Ra St. Brown surprisingly uh i don't i'm assuming that was not a very high pick when he picked him because he kind of came out of nowhere at the end of last season and i think won a lot of people some championships because he just exploded those last few weeks after not doing too much uh early on and he has picked up way left off this year i think he was hurt for a couple weeks early on in the season i want to say but he's been pretty pretty good as of late um He's got got a couple. That, I guess it kind of starts to fall off a bit there. Devonte Parker is not, you know, is one of those flex spots would be okay, but not really what you want as your third receiver. Um, Dubes has shown some potential, but not not really a consistent starter either. So he he struggles a bit there after the top two at each of those positions. Uh, he's got a solid tight end with Gerald Everett. He's had a, he's had a good season in a. Very down year for tight ends in general in fantasy. It's been Slim Pickens trying to find anybody to throw into a starting spot. So Everett's been one of the better options in general. And then on defense, uh Nick Bosa has been very, very good. He's got between Bosa and Burns, he's a, has an extremely solid defensive end combo. Uh linebacker, TJ Edwards has been solid. Jamon Davis has been good, so he's got a couple pieces there. And then, yeah, his, his safeties, uh, Buda Baker, Harrison Smith, getting up there in age but still putting up numbers. So he's he's got a pretty solid defense. Struggles a bit with the flex spots uh, for for running back and receiver. So it'll be interesting to see who who he decides to start there. And then, like I said, quarterback uh, Russell Wilson's really let him down. So he, uh, I think the Retrievers will definitely be the favorite in this matchup. But he's got, uh, but the Duckies have a lot of pieces that when they blow up, they blow up really big. So between uh, Jefferson, Amon Ra, Barkley, uh, Jamal Williams, if he can get some big games from, from some of those guys, he definitely could pull off the upset here. So.
0: Yeah, I think this is, for my money, probably the weakest playoff team that we have, as I know that they have a better record than the Hawks, but in terms of just, you know, total point output week to week, I mean, quarterback is just not getting it done. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, you know, I have quite enjoyed Russell Wilson having a terrible season. This is the biggest, um, kind of, I told you so moment for me in quite some time. I've said for years that Wilson is just not that good at quarterback anymore. And this I think is a big kind of showcase that he is just simply not the same quarterback without having the dynamic mobility he had early in his career. Derek Carr has been very middling. And then in terms of the rest of the offense positions, like you said, he's got a couple studs and then a lot of duds. Uh, unfortunately for him, he's got some really good players on injured reserve. Brees Hall, Darnell Mooney was starting to come on in the second half of the season as Justin Fields started to learn how to throw the football, the corpse of Michael Thomas. We'll never know if he was uh any good or not because he just has been dealing with, is it his foot or his ankle? It's some type of foot injury for it feels like two and a half seasons now. He does have a pretty respectable defense, but I just think when you're looking at the the points that he's not going to get for a quarterback, on top of the fact that he's going to have to start two flexes, that it's likely going to look to be like said, either Devonte Parker, Nick Westbrook-Akeine, or Braxton Berrios. I just don't think that this team has that great a shot at advancing in the playoffs. But honestly, if you're the Duckies, you might be okay with that because you do have Brees Hall coming back next season. You have all those other players I mentioned, plus some quality defensive young pieces coming back off IR. And if you're able to pair that with like a top six pick, I mean, that could look pretty good for you. So to me, I think that's the least likely team to advance in the playoffs, but we'll see.
1: I would still probably go with the Hawks as least likely there, but I think he just has a better matchup, or a harder matchup rather, in general. I think it's definitely the second weakest team, and obviously it does with some of the moves he made earlier on, like trading uh, Henry and Kamara. Uh, it looks like he probably was trying to look to the future and, and saw that uh, some of those guys were getting older and he he maybe wasn't as sure that he would be able to compete this year. Um I definitely definitely think Chesapeake is the favorite, and I would be a bit surprised if the Duckies could overcome it, but like I said, he does he does have some studs that could blow up, whereas I don't see that almost almost at all on the Hawk, so I would probably still put them as the least likely to advance, but one of those two for sure.
0: Yeah, so while we were wrapping up the discussion on the Retrievers and the Duckies, we did have a, a surprise entrant join us here on the pod. Uh, We do have our resident regular season dominator, Cole, the LA Wildfire, popping on. Cole, how are we doing tonight?
2: Hello, fellas. That kind of hurts my feelings to hear that, but uh, I am the Indianapolis Colts of the mid 2000s, so you know what chip's coming at some point.
0: I called you a regular season dominator. I don't know how that could be construed as a negative, but uh, (laughs) we're here talking about the playoffs, talking about just kind of what we think of all these rosters heading into the playoffs uh kind of where is your i mean we've already gone through all the matchups but kind of where is where do things lie in your mind here as we uh, enter the playoffs and maybe talk a little bit about your matchup with with devin
2: uh like i mentioned uh in the chat uh kind of as a meme devin's team is uh scary seeing as he's the all of a sudden, high, one of the high scorers. Is he the most uh, high-scoring team this year? He did
1: Maybe. finish at the highest
2: point total, yeah. yeah. And he started off 0-4, 0-5, so I you know he's thinking about mailing it in at one point, but uh, that team's still got a lot of lethal assets, so uh, I'm not looking forward to Devin. I'm uh, scarred from our championship matchup two years ago, so uh, as long as he's got all those stud wideouts and... uh the RB1 on the season on his team, and Josh Jacobs, then he's got a shot to win. So it's uh, been a nice resurgence for him this year after the slow start, but it's going to be a, a huge toss-up. It kind of depends, I guess, uh, who's healthy for me. If I have Lamar back and it's not uh, Ritter, then maybe I have a shot. But I'm not feeling too uh, too crazy happy about my chances this year. The Whiteouts on my team have really underachieved. So it's not a night season, I guess, boys.
0: <laughs> words that no playoff team want to ever say
1: maybe maybe save some fab next
0: year just in
1: case
2: i could but uh we go we go all out i guess now see, i i've i've told uh aaron the other day i will never again not carry three starting quarterbacks in the regular season it's not gonna happen ever again so um if Ritter isn't the starter for the Falcons next year, I'm gonna go out and get another one. So, someone, uh, if you're willing to trade a QB this off season, I will hit you up.
0: And i will likely be interested in trading uh, Russell Wilson.
2: Aside from Russell Wilson,
1: Kenny Pickett for you?
2: Maybe, maybe some Kenny Pickett. Were you guys wrapping up
0: though? Uh, yeah, we kind of went over all the 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 matchups. Um, I think at this point we were just gonna kind of maybe give our like off the cuff prediction for uh, our championship winner i guess um obviously i think myself and cole it wouldn't be any fun if we pick ourselves so i guess maybe we'll start with with jason who do you think in your mind right now if you have to you know call your shot here in three weeks who's going to be hoisting the proverbial trophy
1: i think if i had to pick a team they've just been so hot it's hard to pick against them I, i think the magicians will be able to make a run here and i think they would be my pick uh as a champion at the moment, which is unfortunate for me because I traded for their first. So I don't like making that pick, but I just, I think he's got a really solid roster quarterback. Uh, you know, Gino or Dak have been, uh, or Dak has been kind of iffy. And then Gino has surprisingly been amazing. So if if, if he can keep that up, um, yeah, I think he can really make a run here.
0: Yeah, I think I really just have to quickly mention with Devin that I love the fact that he has decided to bring on Drew Brees to his roster to try and win him just one more ring before he uh, officially hangs it up. I don't I know if anyone it. else saw that yesterday at a when waivers cleared, he decided to add Drew Brees to the roster. So getting himself that you know veteran savvy presence to hopefully win it all.
2: And I thought Drew Brees got struck by lightning. <laughs> like
0: neither confirm or deny.
2: Just got a body on the team. Uh, I'm going to, uh, seeing as one of his main pieces has returned to prominence uh, as of last week and the snap share has gone up since the return from injury, I'm going to vote of confidence Joey. Uh, Swift is back, like I said. Got the big three-stack at running back with CMC, Swift, and Taylor. Wide receivers, AJ Brown was probably the best asset move that we've seen uh, this season in the league. And then Tyree Kills just going nuclear. So as long as he can get steady quarterback play from Kyler and uh, maybe Jared Goff on a stream, depending on matchup for the next few weeks, then I could see Joey hoisting it.
1: Another good option there.
2: I mean, really, any, uh, as you guys, I mean, we know, it's hard to kind of pick uh, any of these teams because I think everybody's realistically got a shot. And like you said, it's hard to pick against Devin. And uh, Chesapeake's got a million assets for the uh, future but he might be lacking a little bit compared to some of the other uh, teams in the actual firepower department but we could see anybody win it i mean dan's team is gonna have to depend on saquon being here uh he's injured right now so we'll have to wait and see but yeah i don't know i don't i don't have confidence in my team personally so let's go uh
0: wrapping up just off that last point you did mention the team that i will pick because of course i can't pick myself. Uh, I'm gonna go with the Retrievers. I think, especially looking at guys like Tony Pollard, who have great matchups against. Well, especially week 15 against the uh, the Jaguars. Uh, Miles Sanders again been red hot. Christian Watson has been dynamic the past. I believe what three, four weeks. Yeah, he's he's been absolutely dynamite since week 10. Um, I think he's got a really good roster, and I don't necessarily think his round one matchup is all that difficult so I think just based on that he's going to be my pick but of course I unlike Cole I do have confidence in my roster to at least win one playoff game I'd really like really like to win two not have another finals loss like I did last season against Dylan but thankfully for me the Grovers are sitting on the couch and I hope to not join them this season
2: Jason's the only one that's been able to bring it home for the West in the championship game we've had appearances pretty much every year right or has it been every year
0: I believe that that would be a championship representative every season, but only one championship uh, breadwinner.
2: And Jason, all wins the, <laughs> he wins the Bijan sweepstakes and wins the championship. I don't know how this guy keeps.
0: I, I've set
1: out four seasons. I've met my goal in three of them. So we got the got one on one twice and then we won it all the first year.
2: Now, I know this is a off topic, but we had kind of been discussing it in chat. I do want to see a uh, Atlanta Sharks versus Scar Spiders uh, division rivalry. I think that would be great for the league.
0: Yeah, uh, I actually was just exchanging some text with Joey a little bit ago about maybe looking to realign some divisions. Uh, we are four seasons in, so maybe it would be good to maybe shake it up a little bit, get some new blood going in terms of rivalries. Uh, that's definitely something we can discuss. As we get to the off season, maybe have a couple other ideas in the works. But before we get there, we do have to get through these playoffs. I think we've got five strong contenders, and then in my mind, a bit of a dark horse, and then the duckies. Um, We'll see how the playoffs shake out. Uh, I think that that just about wraps up the pot, unless anybody's got any uh, last second thoughts here.
1: I would say four. Well, I think, I think the paladins, the clams. And the Magicians would be the top three teams. I would, would have thrown the wildfire in. If he can get by this week and get Lamar back, then I could definitely see uh, you making a run as well, Cole. Um, I think the Retrievers are, are still maybe a season away. But yeah, I would say those are the top three. And then if, if Lamar can play, four teams there. So any of those, I definitely could see winning.
2: Let's go, would boys. be
0: interesting to watch. So, yeah, I think that wraps us up here. Uh, Jason, thank you for hopping on with me. Cole, thank you for, uh, I'm, I'm assuming you just kind of randomly saw that we were sitting in the, the pod channel and decided to pop up. But it's always a, always a pleasure. And, yeah, I think that wraps up for us.
2: Of course, gentlemen, thanks for letting me in. And you guys have a great week. Good luck in the playoffs, boys.
1: I'll be watching from the couch, but thanks for having me on. <laughs> Good luck to y'all.